back to On the Block with Strick and Nate on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. Certainly a lot to talk about on a day like today. Listen on the block, 93.7 The Ticket. My name's Nate Brennan. He is Eric Strickland, Husker Hall of Famer, nine-year NBA vet. 402-464-5685. That's the Sarder Heyman text line. Honda of Lincoln hotline. We want to hear from you because the conversation rolls on. Scott Frost out at his head coach of the University of Nebraska. The search is on. We've been getting into that conversation. want to give a shout-out to our text line. You guys have been great today. Love to hear from you. We always want to hear your opinions. Also head over to Facebook, YouTube, Twitch, and Twitter. You can reach us on all of those platforms as well. We're almost to 1,500 subscribers on YouTube. Give us a like. Give us a subscribe. And we're going to put them on the spot right here. Steve Sipple, have you subscribed to the 93.7 The Ticket YouTube page? I'm 56 years old. That's my answer. Well, I'm All right, Sip, I understand. Now people are going to have to pick up the slack because you are someone who isn't subscribed. Uh, Steve Sibble with On3 joining us right now. Uh, Sip, I I know you've been talking about it quite a bit. You have articles coming out, obviously. Uh, Just initial reaction on Scott Frost being fired. Do you think this was the correct time? Yeah, I do. I mean, I I thought I've been – I've been consistent in saying I think you needed to let it play out. Right. Um, I don't know if you can hear that music in the background. But there's, I live by a school, and some guy's just blasting his speakers out there. Get um, off your lawn, Sip. Yeah, that's incredible. Um, anyway, that um, – yeah, I thought – like I said, Nate and Strick, I think it it's always prudent for an AD to let a matter like this play out as much as you can. I mean, sometimes you can't, but I thought Trev let it play out to to a point where, it, yeah, it definitely made sense after what occurred Saturday night. I didn't know. I mean, I, I was caught off guard by uh, yesterday's news around noon. You know, it was around the noon hour. I thought, you know, I probably put a little too much thought or put a little too much weight on the buyout matter that you guys have discussed at length. Um, and, you know, my, my takeaway, my big takeaway real quickly is I admire Trev Alberts, the AD, for putting more weight on results, getting results, enhancing the student-athlete's chances to win, putting more weight on that than money than the financial element. And that's, I think there's, I think I I tend to admire that. Sip, I brought this up before we went to break. I think Scott Frost, obviously this was a long time coming. This was the decision that needed to be made. But when you look at the game against Georgia Southern, to be honest with you, I probably could find more blame on Eric Schneider than anybody. Now, obviously it's always going to come back to the head coach. That's just kind of what you sign up for. But do you think Shenander is kind of to blame for this? And, and do you really see any hope on that defensive side of the ball? Well, I mean, you're right. I mean, you said the critical thing. The Bucks have to stop with the head coach. We went mm-hmm. through this 
Strick will remember with Bill Callahan where, you know, Bill Callahan's offense was good, but he, he had a defensive coordinator um, whose defenses were ill-equipped, um, you know, ill-equipped for what they were facing. So, um, and that, that was largely Bill Callahan's undoing. It happens. I mean, he, he had the wrong, I don't know. I mean, it's a really, it's a very difficult conversation because nobody anticipated these defensive issues. Um, Not to this level, nobody, virtually nobody. I mean, it was not the off-season conversation that this this could be a problem. Like this, this could be the problem that the defense would would let's just say it. It unraveled. It unraveled on Saturday night, and nobody saw it coming. I I don't know. I mean, yeah. Ultimately, you put that on Scott. Yeah, Sip. So listen, what are some of the things that you would hope to see uh, going forward? Um, obviously, there's going to be a um, a huge, uh, probably they're going to be looking at multiple coaches. Who's out there? How can we bring them in? What is it going to cost us? And then, you know, what type of success would you like to see from Mickey if it, if it would be for him to retain it and keep the job? What, 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 what would be an expectation for you uh, going forward that you would like to see? Oh, I mean, first of all, to handle the day to day, I mean, uh, in the, and uh, I mean, this is a pretty big test this week, Eric, for Mickey, because there's going to be a lot of media attention associated with the Oklahoma game with Fox in town. Um, the, the spotlight will be pretty bright right off the bat on Mickey. And a lot of people will be watching closely how he comports himself, um, how he, you know, the words he chooses, um, you know, you know, what kind of level of maturity Will he show in that role? People will be watching that really closely. On the field, I mean, it's a tricky one, Eric. It's tricky because you can't – I was just I was just writing that in evaluating Mickey, if, you, if, if you're inclined towards Mickey being a legitimate candidate for this head coaching job ultimately, then you've got to give him a fair shake. And giving him a fair shake means you can't hold the defensive struggles against Mickey. You have to evaluate Mickey a little differently than you would evaluate Frost. Mickey had just got here. He had nothing to do with the accumulation of talent on that side of the ball. He does have nothing to do with the coaching on that side of the ball. That's the issue. That's not really Mickey's issue. It was Scott. I mean, he was involved. He was he, he put together, you know, he was in charge of recruiting classes that that led, you know, to the accumulation of talent on that side of the ball, not Mickey. So you have to evaluate him with that in mind. Now, I mean, you're eva- you evaluate week to week effort. You can see that it's hard to it's an intangible. You'll know it. You'll know it's good if you see it. Um, you know, just is this, it, just overall preparedness. You know what that is. Now it's hard to verbalize on the phone on a Monday, but you know you'll know it if you see it. And now, and also adjustments. I mean, let's see what kind of adjust- he's already making adjustments in the program, minor adjustments. We'll see if he makes any major adjustments, but there'll be a lot. I mean, we'll be able to evaluate Mickey. There's still a lot of season left. 
Steve Sibble with On3 joining us right now, also co-host of Early Break here on 93.7 The Ticket. Sip, I, I asked our listeners this. I'll ask you the same. You've been following this program for a long time. You've seen a lot of success, and now quite recently, uh, a, a lot of bad, to, to, for lack of better words. Would you say, since you've been covering Nebraska football, if you had to pinpoint one time that was rock bottom, would this be it? Oh, it's hard to do that. I, there's been so many rock bottoms that right. I I would hate to do that. We used to kind of do that. We'd rate the rock bottoms, the low points. But uh, I don't know. There's been a lot of them, so I hate to do that. I I was I don't know. I don't I don't even want to go there. It's just not productive. And there's been so many of them that I don't I don't know. It's hard for me to do that. I've thought about it, but. Um, I'm kind of done with rate and low points of this program. Yeah, that's probably, I mean, at this point, it just seems like it, it keeps getting lower and lower. Uh, I'll, I'll ask you this though. We've been talking a lot of negativity, a lot of, uh, not so good things within the program. Talk to me about something good. Give me some optimism. What looked good on Saturday that Nebraska can build off of? Well, I love the running backs. I, 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 I love them. And it's an, and now that, that conversation has gotten interesting to me because the way they use A.J. Allen in critical moments, and, you know, you go back to, well, hell, go back to the opener, putting him him in the game at the seven-yard line in the third quarter, I believe that's what it was, third quarter, suggests to me that he's pushing Anthony Grant in practice every day. It suggests to me the way they use A.J. Allen that he's not all that far behind Anthony Grant. I mean, you tell me I'm wrong. The way they use him in critical moments, when you think they should have Anthony Grant out there, it's A.J. Allen sometimes. Mm -hmm. And all that tells me is in practice, he must be getting it done. And they got two good ones now. I mean, I think Anthony Allen, or excuse me, A.J. Allen, excuse me, A.J. Allen is picking up steam. That's what I've, I've seen in the last two games. I love Anthony Grant. I love. Him. I, I think he's. A, I think he's a bear, he's a dynamic back and a, and a tough kid. You saw him truck that safety yeah. linebacker. Yeah. That, that kid six two one eighty just trucked him. He's tough and he's a good one. I mean, he's got great instincts. But AJ Allen gives you a little different look, and he's he's very strong in his own right. That's that's a definite bright spot. And as are the receivers. I mean, Maurice Maurice Washington. Uh, Marcus, Marcus Washington, excuse me, Marcus Washington was excellent the other night. And he's, I mean, come on, you just watch him. You don't have to be, I mean, you don't have to be Bill Parcells to see that kid's talent. Sib, you know, I got to ask you before I let you go, this is going to be my last question. A lot of names are already being thrown around. Trevor Alberts even addressed it. He said, if I'm talking to someone, it very well could be true. That doesn't mean that we're going to be hiring this guy. Who's at the top of your list, and do you think Trevor Alberts starts those conversations here in the next few days? Um, I, I, I mean, I, I have thought about it quite a bit in the last you know, 24 hours, but it's I could be swayed, so I don't want to. I don't want to act like this is a. These are hard and fast that I wouldn't come off of. But I really like Bill O'Brien. I, I mean, I, I real I, and I have for a long time. And why do I like him? In a nutshell, he's coached in the Big Ten. I mean, he, I mean, let's put it this way: he was the National Coach of the Year 
at Penn State when he took it over right after the Sandusky scandal. He had two pretty good years in a really difficult situation at Penn State. And also, I, I don't know Bill personally, but I know a few guys who know him well, and he's a tough dude, has the stomach for this place. And, and Eric knows what I'm talking about. This place is, you know, there's a lot of media scrutiny, um, a lot of fan scrutiny, a lot, you know, a lot of expectations remain high. Um, it's tough. It's a tough place. It's not easy to recruit. There's a lot of great things. I mean, the fans are incredible. Um, there's a lot of great things about the program, but it's not easy. It's not for everybody, and he could handle it. And also, I like the fact he's a quarterback expert. I mean, he's an expert at the most important position on the field. That's his, that's his area of expertise, offense and quarterbacks. So he's very alluring to me. Lance Leipold at Kansas should not be discounted. I've known Lance for 25 years, and I've always been struck by his big-picture mentality regarding his job. He's always asked me strange questions, what I thought were strange questions from a head coach, um, but it, then it dawned on me over the years. He just he thinks in a big-picture way. His resume speaks for itself, and uh, Lance Lance also has the maturity to handle this place. And and I also like Matt Campbell for obvious reasons. Yeah, Matt Campbell, a name that's certainly been thrown around there quite a bit. It'll be interesting to see as everything starts to unfold here at Nebraska. Again, Scott Frost officially out. The search is on. Sip, if people want to keep in, in touch with what's going on within the program, they want to know some of the hot names, they just want to know – where the team is headed for the rest of the season, where can they check out some of the great stuff from you? Well, I just say Husker Online. I don't, I don't do all that great stuff, but HuskerOnline.com <laughs> is strong. And if, and if I were a Nebraska fan, Robin Washit put together, I mean, really, you guys for your show or whatever, he put together a hot board of, of coaching candidates that's, that's all-encompassing and – and I, I mean, I'm just, I just keep it with me at all times now. Um, and it'll change. His hot board will change. It's the first go round with it. It'll evolve. But I, if, I'll tell you what, I think it's $10 now um, for a subscription to HuskerOnline.com of the On3 network. That, that hot board's probably worth about $100. So I, I, that's what I would do. Sip, we appreciate you. We'll talk to you next week, and we'll see you this Saturday for the pregame show. God bless you. Take care. All right. There he goes. Steve Sipple, one of our favorites here at 93.7. You can catch him every single morning as well. He is the co-host of Early Break with Jake Sorensen. Lots of good stuff from him. Uh, definitely a guy to keep in touch with, too, as this all kind of unwinds. And a lot of kind of unknown for Nebraska football, too. It's it, It's been a while since we've been in this spot. Um and it really will be interesting to see where, where the direction of the program goes after this. But I think for the time being, Mickey Joseph has us in good hands. That will do it for us on the block, kind of. We're going to have a crossover with the guys from old school. Jay Foreman, DP, they'll step in the studio next. They'll give a full breakdown of what's going on. And then we will have old school immediately following this. But for now, you listen on the block, 93.7 The Ticket. Stay with us.